Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. So thankful for everybody that's here, amen, on this last day of November. Going to go out with a bang, going to be banging all December, right? Amen. Glory, hallelujah, nobody's raising their hand. Amen. I see one, hallelujah, thank you up there in that balcony, appreciate it. And it wasn't my wife either, that was awesome, you know. (laughs) Hallelujah. Going to ask him to come tonight. Can you give he and the Lord a great hand clap, amen, this evening as he comes to share with us, amen, the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Pastor. That's, yeah. But uh, I don't know what to say besides thank you for that. I, was, I really appreciate that, just seeing how, seeing how somebody else sees me. It's, it's nice. Uh, I'm very honored to be up here. Uh, I do not take this lightly at all. It's actually uh, been weighing heavy on me because I'm not doing just anything. I'm up here to deliver a word from God, and biggest fear is to let myself get in the way. But uh, just so I don't have you all standing for too long, I just have two quick verses. First Thessalonians 5 and 17. Pray without ceasing. Jonah 2 and 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. So what is this thing called prayer? And don't worry, I'll let you all sit in just a moment. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as an address, as a petition to God or a God in word or thought. That sounds pretty accurate, pretty much what I thought it would be. Uh, But I like the way that one person put it. Prayer is, at root, simply paying attention to God. My wish tonight is to help everyone who hears this to better understand the importance and power of a daily prayer life. It's sad to hear how many people in church don't pray daily. And it's easy to make excuses and to justify not doing something you don't feel like doing. We're all human. We're good at doing that. But if you're just willing to hear me out just for a few minutes, hopefully I can open your eyes to what you've been missing out on for those of you who don't pray every day and for those who do to help encourage you to not lose sight of its value. If we could just take a minute to pray. God, we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I am simply going to make a few quick points about prayer. Just six. Some points are counter-arguments to reasons people have to not pray. Others are just matter-of-fact. So I realize this probably isn't going to be jumping and shouting and everything. But hopefully I can just do the work the Lord has sent me to do. Point one, if you have something on your mind, 
you have something to pray about. How many times have we found ourselves thinking, I would like to pray, but I just don't know what to pray about enough to actually pray every single day. It's an easy excuse, but it's also a lie we like to tell ourselves. So here's the better question to start asking. Do I have someone or something on my mind or heart? And because I know God gave us all a mind to think with and a heart to feel, that answer will always be yes. God didn't put us in this thing called life with all its ups and downs to face it without prayer. He gave us a calling that demands his guidance, a body with needs, jobs and schools that come with stress. He gave us dreams we can't accomplish on our own and family and friends who go through trials. We have too much happening in our lives in the lives of those around us to not make the time to pray about it. Point number two, this is a good and proper way to pray, but God doesn't turn a deaf ear to any humble prayer. A broken and contrite heart means more to him than a beautiful sacrifice. I'll just be blunt. I like being blunt. It's fun. Do not use the excuse that you don't know how to pray anymore. Don't try it because I'm about to take that away. Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew 6, 17 to 13. Or, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, 9 through 15. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We can use Jesus' prayer as a guideline. It's not necessarily we have to pray those exact words every single time we pray. If we follow it, the guideline, we first give glory and praise to God. Best thing you can do. If you don't know what else to do, just praise him. It doesn't take a lot of thought. Just think about your blessings. Then we pray for his will to be accomplished in the world all around us. We pray for his provision or for him to meet the needs of others and ourselves. Then we repent because we've all fallen short. We've all sinned. And also, we need to willingly forgive all those who hurt us. Then we ask God to help us for making sinful decisions. And then we can end with more praise. It's a really good example on how to pray, a good guideline. But it's also not the only way we have to pray. I don't believe Jesus showed him this to be the only single way to pray, even as a guideline. The entire Bible is full of the prayers of godly men and women. And the book of Psalms is a great place to look to when you need some inspiration for prayer. Because let me tell you, David was as human as it gets. (laughs) So his prayers are going to relate to us in one way or another. But if your excuse has been you don't know the proper way to pray, that should help you out. But what about the times when you just need to pray and you can't focus on doing it properly? The times when you need God so desperately, you just can't pray like you wish you could. That's all right. Psalms 51, 16, and 17. Some of these verses I have to flip through, so I apologize if it takes a moment. Verse 16. For thou desirest not sacrifice else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. King David knew 
Absolutely, God deserves sacrifice and offering. He deserves the very best. He deserves what he's asked for, at the very least. But he also knew that what God found more important was his heart in the matter. It's much more important than David offering the proper sacrifice because you can go through the motions. You can offer everything right and have your heart not in it. You see, having a well-ordered and proper prayer is good. God's only looking for your heart. And no matter how poorly it may be worded, and I've been there several times, most, most of my prayers are very fractured, very broken, very, uh, I'd almost be embarrassed to have someone else hear it that wasn't God. It's, it doesn't all, always sound all that great. But that broken prayer is going to be the one that touches God the most. Uh, one example I like to think of is Hannah from the Old Testament. She prayed so desperately for a child that she couldn't even speak anymore. Like, no words would come. And God heard and answered that prayer. It also reminds me of Romans 8, 26 and 27. Sometimes I can find these real easy. Sometimes I can't. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helped with our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Yes. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Right. We sometimes come to a point in prayer where words fail. Yes. Yes. But the Spirit of God steps in and helps us pray what needs to be prayed. Yes. In a nutshell, the Bible teaches us how to pray. It also shows us that it's not always about the right wording. It's about the heart behind the prayer. Yes, exactly. yes. Point number three. It's nearly impossible to backslide with a prayer life. Honestly, I kind of dismissed the statement when I first heard it. Really didn't think much about it. I thought, ah, that kind of sounds weird. But it's, uh, it's kind of like saying it's almost impossible to starve to death if you're eating every day. I mean, <laughs> it is, it's really hard to do. I mean, yes, there are ways to starve to death. You could not eat enough. Or you could only eat one certain type of food right. and starve your body of the various nutrients that you need. Right. It goes the exact same way for prayer. You can spiritually starve in prayer by only praying the same thing yeah. or the same way day in and day out yeah. until it's just routine, loses its meaning. Yes. We need variety in our prayer lives just like in our diets. We need prayers of thanksgiving. Prayers where we intercede for others. Yes. Prayers for ourselves. Prayer where we seek God's will. And prayers that combine some of that or all of it. Yes. You cannot limit yourself to just one prayer or type of prayer and expect to go, to grow. God did not design prayer to be dull or repetitive. It is a conversation with him. It is communication with the king, our father, our dearest friend, our healer, our helper. It's hard, so very hard to walk away from God with a good prayer life. Because we come to know him better. And the better and better the more we pray. And the more you get to know God, the closer you want to be with him. And the more you want to be with someone, the more reasons you find to be with them rather than avoid them. And I'm not saying praying every day is always going to be rainbows and sunshine. Sometimes it is a challenge. Our flesh doesn't want to pray. It's life. But just like a diet, consistency is key. Point number four, it's nearly impossible to grow without a prayer life. Even with natural talent, it's nearly impossible to become a sports star or 
a great singer without practice and effort. And I say nearly impossible because there's almost always an exception to every rule. I realize this. But if you want to grow in something to improve, you must put in the time and effort or you will always remain the same. A relationship without daily and consistent communication is doomed to fail. How can a relationship blossom if you don't talk? How can there even be a relationship without communication? There can't be. All you will have is your love of the idea of a relationship, and you're actually going to be alone. And sadly, this is where most Christians in this nation is. Love of the idea of prayer or the idea of talking to God, they don't ever actually fall through. I know that's where I used to be. So, I mean, I understand you like the idea, but you don't do it. And I didn't grow like I could. But the moment I started was the moment I began to blossom in God. If you want your relationship with God to grow, you got to pray. Amen. It has to be consistent communication. It's just like with any other relationship. Yes. We go to Psalms 145, 18 and 19. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. But how can God be near to and save those who never pray, who never ask him for help? How can God help you grow if you never seek him? He's not going to force his help on you unless you ask him. Point five, actually kind of one of my favorites. I don't have time. <laughs> we make time for what we value. And there's no time limit to prayer. Do you take showers? I hope. <laughs> Do you have a little drive to school or to work? Do you have breaks at work or school? Do you take time to watch TV, read, play a game, get on Facebook? I could go on with this. But the point is that we have more time to pray than we realize. If we would make prayer a priority instead of an option or just a good idea, we wouldn't have as much trouble finding time. There's no problem taking just five to ten minutes to pray in the morning or on a drive to work, on a break. list goes on. And yeah, taking 30 minutes to pray or more, awesome. But there's not some time quoted to meet with praying. I used to think there was, and that hindered me. But when I realized it's just coming in to talk with God, whether it be five minutes, 50 minutes, just let it be and let the conversation flow. The more consistent you get with praying every day, the easier it is to spend more time in prayer. But short prayers move mountains too. You go to Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, whether that all is something short, something long, that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He can do more. He will do more. You just got to take the time to ask. It takes about 21 days of doing something to make a habit. Roundabout. It may be different for other people, but it averages. But I'm asking, try it with prayer. 
If you haven't been consistent or you haven't done it before, just try it. Take some time. Use the Bible for guidance. Crack it open. Read Psalms. Read the Lord's Prayer. Try praying every day for 21 days. You're not going to feel like that's a waste of time. You're going to find peace like you haven't known in a long time. Point six, and this is the last point. If heaven is your goal, prayer has to be your priority. Why? Doesn't all good folk go to heaven? No. (laughs) No. The Bible states that only God is truly good. All of us are sinners. And no matter how good of a person you are, sin will always separate you from God. Okay. What do we need to do to get to heaven then? If being good alone, good, isn't good enough. Well, I'm kind of glad you asked. You need to first believe that God is real. None of it's, all of it's pointless if you don't believe. You can't, you can't start doing something if you don't believe it's going to happen. You can't beat a four-minute mile if you never believe you're going to beat it. But also, believing is going to make you beat that four-minute mile if you don't get up and do something. So, according to Acts 2.38, you're going to have to turn away from your sin. Repent from it. Leave it behind. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. After you're saved, you need to live a life of holiness and modesty as explained in the whole rest of the New Testament. Ah, but wait, there's more. What is the point of any of that if you still don't get to know the one who is saving you and helping you to live a holy life? It's like trying to woo a woman by buying her nice gifts, taking her out on dates, even going as far as getting wedding preparations together. Go crazy. But you never or you rarely ever actually talk to and get to know her. Let me save you the trouble because it's not going to work. Sure, you've done the things to get the girl, but you never actually formed a relationship, which means everything you did was pointless. Yeah, you, you need those things to get the girl. It helps. But even more important, you must get to know her. You need to talk with her on a daily basis as well as do the romantic things. There's a reason God designed marriage like he did. It's a reflection of his relationship with the church. Relationships take communication and effort on both ends. And God's already doing his part. He's just waiting on us. And he's not going to force us. He already loves us. But he can't let someone into heaven who doesn't make the effort to get time and effort to get to know him. Like, how can I welcome you in my house to live with me if I don't know you? You never took the time to talk to me, to form a relationship with me. You're a stranger. And from God's point of view, who wants a marriage like that? And that's why prayer is so important. It is our way to communicate with God. And if you want to go to heaven, I strongly suggest you build your relationship with God. Because daily prayer isn't just a good idea. It is essential for every Christian. And how can we call ourselves a Christian, a follower of Christ, if we don't pray as Christ prayed? Prayer helps you to stay focused. It keeps you in communication with the one you're claiming or wanting to live for. 
And just to wrap up everything, I'll go over these points again. If you have something on your mind, you have something to pray about. I don't care what the thought is, something small, something big. You lost a pen that you've been trying to find for days. Hey, get desperate, people. Be desperate for a relationship with God. There is a good and proper way to pray. You can look through the Bible to find it. But God is not going to turn a deaf ear to you, to any kind of humble prayer. Because a broken and contrite heart, a heart with all its wounds, all its brokenness, all the broken words, that means so much more to him than making sure everything sounds just right. It's nearly impossible to backslide with a prayer life. It's really, really hard to walk away from someone you love and talk to. And it's nearly impossible to grow without a prayer life. If you want to stay the same you've always been, just don't pray. That's all it takes. Really easy. I don't have time. We make time for what we value. And there is no time limit to prayer. You've got five minutes of spare time? Use it. You have an hour? Try to use it. If heaven is our goal, which I believe it is, that's why we're here, prayer must be our priority. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. The more we pray, the more we get to know him and his will. And the more we're going to desire to pray according to his will. I'm a testament to that. When I first started, I wasn't as sensitive to what he wanted. But the more I grew, the more God worked in me as I allowed him to, because he's a gentleman, won't force it. And the more I'm seeking his will above my own. It's a process. Some things may not always be clear as to what the will of God is. I'm unclear about many, many things. But go ahead and pray about it. And let God answer it according to his will and trust his answer. Hebrews 4.15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. You can absolutely trust all your feelings, all your prayers in God's hands. I know there's a lot of people in this life that make you lose trust. I know there's a lot of people use you, abuse you, don't really care. But God will always, always, always hear it. Whether it's just about that lost pen, whether it's just a, maybe you find yourself praying for one thing over and over and over again, he's going to hear it. His hands are strong, and yet they're gentle. He will care for you even if the answer he gives you isn't what you wanted. He knows your needs better than you do. Even before you ask for them, he already knows. And he loves you too much to say yes to a prayer that's going to cause you more pain down the road. Unless you're just stubborn about it. In which case, he will sometimes answer yes and allow you to see why his way is better. But short, sweet sermon. If we could all just go ahead and stand. And these are my last two statements before I hand this microphone over to the pastor. Communication will make a relationship. And a lack of communication will destroy it. And prayer is, at its root, simply paying attention to God.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.